And then we get to disc four, the second disc of, of, of all tracks, uh, recorded between April 1982 and January of 1983. And right away, bam, uh, the highlight of this disc for me, track number one, Possessed, the 1982 version. Part of part of my love for this is I first I first heard this new cleaned up you know clear version. The first time I heard it was Bobby Z played it at Paisley Park in the Studio B with a group of us when we were there for the. Uh, book release of Prince's memoir, The Beautiful Ones. Bobby Z showed up as a surprise and played it for us in Studio B. Uh, played it, played like a two-minute snippet of it, and we were all just blown away, and we were all just rocking out. So I have that memory associated with it. So it's hard to sort of divorce that memory in my mind from the the song itself when I listen to it. So it's quite a memory. I just love how it how it builds and builds and builds. You know, it starts out with the, the drum machine and then the guitars and then the, the synths and it's just so so dirty in a good way, you know, dirty, funky, um just I don't know, just I <laughs> I words fail me right now. I mean, I love this. I love the version, this '82 version. I think it's miles and miles above the '83, '84 version that we got on on Purple Rain Deluxe. Um, and again, the 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 shout out to Bobby Z, you know. When he says Bobby Z, step on it, you know, and then you hear the the kick drum, and it's just it. Yeah, I I I love it. So, and some people might say it runs a little too long, but for me, when I first got this set, I when I started this too, I probably listened to this four times in a row. So we're talking what's nine times four? Thirty six thirty. 36 minutes, for 36 minutes I was hooked on Possessed. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, just a a tremendous, tremendous song and for me, the obviously the superior version of the song. Uh, Dreamy Pop, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Possessed, the 82 version? Oh man, love this one. <laughs> Uh, this was another of those early bootlegs that I I heard. Then it's like, even that uh, that quality was really good, but it's, the quality is even better on on this version on having it on the disc. But yeah, the the Purple Rain version, I kind of like parts that I really like, but I don't know some parts of it seem like a little bit darker. Like I don't really have a lot of memory of it. I haven't really heard it and. <clears throat> a couple of months. It's been a while since I I heard that version. And I think there was like with uh the the first the first verse or something, like he's talk he's but he, there's a one lyric difference between the two. Like 
he changed satanic lust to carnal lust or something else, and it's like, uh, why did why did he change that? It's like, well, it's not not one isn't really necessarily better than the other, but I'm just used to that particular line. But anyway, with yeah, the the whole the whole sound of like everything, it's like that quintessential French sound, like every, everything about him is here. It's like the gu- guitar, the synth stabs, like heck yeah, like the synth stabs are really cool. Um, and just, it builds up and then it builds down and builds up again. It never really feels overlong for me. And usually I'm not big on his longer songs, but yeah, the, the time goes by so fast. And it, it was one of those moments but early on, it's like, yeah, Friends has me possessed. Like, it was kind of, it was kind of fitting for that particular moment in time that, yeah, I heard it quite a few times, but it's there's also been a, a, a huge gap in years, I think. I'm not sure if I, I think the last time I heard this was at least five years ago. So, it's nice to have it again. Definitely a good way to start this disc. It's like it's, like wham, it hits you. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually like seven minutes longer than the album version of Purple Rain. It's eight minutes and forty-seven seconds, and it certainly doesn't feel that long when you listen to it. Like I, and like I said, I've listened to it four times in a row. So it's like I, I couldn't get enough when I first got to set. I was like, wow, you know, just an incredible track and. What a way to kick off disc two. And shout out to Bobby Z. Thank you so much for coming to see us at Paisley Park uh, during the, the book release party. And it was so much fun uh, to see to see you and hear your stories. And uh, yeah, that was definitely a highlight of my year last year, so yeah, I'll definitely always remember that. Then, then uh, I <laughs> I had on the screen that the next track is Delirious, the full length version. There's not much to say. It's essentially the full length version of the the album version, um, and this is one of the extended versions where I'm almost glad that the twins cut it down because the the extended portion is just basically just more of the instrumental portion of the song and it's it really doesn't add much to it. It doesn't go anywhere much. Um so that's pretty much all I have to say about it in general, delirious. The song is is one of one of my favorites, probably my favorite rockabilly track that Prince has done, and I really like the vibe of the song. The, the song is really fun; it's really danceable. Um, yeah, but the 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 full length version doesn't add much to it, and but it's nice to have it from a completist standpoint and a collector standpoint. But I think the extra portion of the song really doesn't add much to the song overall. What do you think of the full-length version of Delirious, Dreamy Pop? 
No, I love when the song comes on when I get to get to the disc. Just first of all, from a familiarity standpoint, it's like I'm it's like I know this song. I've heard it so many times, and I've heard the the longer version on bootleg of quite a few times, and I've I've uh, done resequenced 1999 a few times, and I've I usually put this one in as well, as well as the other something in the water version. But it's nice to have it in pristine quality too. And yeah, it's like a, the song just gets in my head. Like just thinking about it, it's like I really, really like everything about it. And I like, I, I don't know why I even like having like the extra. It's like I just, he just goes through like the three verses again, but more like he, I think he and Lisa are vibing off of each other with like the backing vocals, but they're kind of, it's not sung exactly the same as like the first part of it, but I don't know, something, something about the vibe I re- really enjoy. And I, and I kind of, kind of miss it sometimes when I go through the album, but at the same time, it's kind of nice that to have, have it fade out the end. It's like, I never understood why he had that, that baby sample at the end of the album version. I never really understood that. So it's kind of nice to not have it here. You can, the song can just fade out and naturally. The next track, I believe, is Purple Music? Yes. Okay. So I'll let you start us off on this one. What are your thoughts on Purple Music? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact lyrics. Like, Purple Music can't be judged. It happens naturally or something like that. There was, like, and then, like, oh, uh, there's, like, so many, like he says, like a series of lines, like multiple times throughout, so they do stick in your head. But yeah, I was like listening to the other day. My first thought was like, this is like, for instance, mad scientist mode, just experimenting and doing all these interesting things. And I, I think I heard this on mood like maybe once or twice. And I don't remember then if I, like I was fascinated by it. But I'm not sure if it was anything. I, I don't think I listened to it that much. But I think, and I'm sure there are times that. I'll like run through this and like I I don't feel like spending like all ten minutes on one song, but it's like you, and then some mo- through listening to the set in general, I I really haven't like stared at like my stereo or whatever I have like going and seeing how like how long the songs are progressing. I'm just like ri- riding them until they get to the end. This one almost like. It feels like wrong just to like see how like how much time do I have left? Like you just go along for the ride, and all kinds of crazy stuff happens in this like musically, and then his the way he sings it like it that changes, and then it just towards the end it gets weird. I don't really know what's going on, and like um, it's time for your morning bath, sir. What would you like to bathe in this morning? And then. He starts to like like oh no I'm not I'm not feeling this anymore, and then there was one lyric I picked up the other day what well, or a line, and then it's like it was something like drive you idiot drive faster I'm like did he just say drive you idiot like that that felt like it came out of nowhere, but yeah, it's like if I'm in the right mood and I put this on it's like oh man this is like it it's nuts it's crazy it's. It's Prince's signature weirdness all kind of put together on one song. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, to, to go off that, I would say that it's a shame this this was this was never officially released in his lifetime because thematically, you know, with the things that he talks about, this could have been Prince's signature song. You know, we all know Purple Rain ended up being his signature song that he's known for, but Purple Music could have been his signature song, you know, because it talks about it talks about using music using music to make you happy, using music to get you high, quote unquote, rather rather than drugs or you know, anything of that nature. And I, I just think that encapsulates who Prince was and what he stood for, you know, all in one song. Plus, you say it's got those weird, quirky, uh, musical little things and effects throughout. And uh, I, I always, I always wished that all the critics loved you in New York could have been replaced with purple music and the, you know, on the on the proper album 1999 because I think Purple Music has a similar vibe to all the yeah, it does. <laughs> I think it's it's definitely stronger to me it's a stronger song than all the critics uh, love you in New York but I yeah I love I love Purple Music and it's it's two seconds short of 11 minutes long so it's 10 minutes and 58 seconds but it's like you said, it's a ride. It's a, it's a journey through, <laughs> through Prince's mind and through Prince's world. I can almost see an animated video being made for this song. That's all trippy and you know, uh, but yeah, um, definitely a highlight. Definitely a, a a signature song when I think of Prince from a, you know, from the view of a hardcore fan that has heard, you know, more, obviously a lot more songs than just Purple Rain and Around the World in a Day and the Parade and, you know, albums like that. Um, I, think, I think of this as his signature song that hardly anybody knows about. So it's kind of a, a hidden gem in that sense. But yeah, Purple Music, uh, definitely a standout. And then we get to a song that, as a as a born and raised Minnesotan, I just have to laugh at the title because it's it's pretty accurate. Yeah, you know, um, is basically uh, I don't know if I'd call it a love letter to Minnesota as much as I'd call it making fun of a little, poking a little fun at Minnesota, but yeah. Um, a pleasant little song, and again showcases Prince's sense of humor, which I really like. And I don't know much to say about it beyond that. I mean, it's only a three-minute and eleven-second song, so there's not a lot of detail to delve into. But Jimmy Pop, what do you think of? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Have a lot to say about this one either. It's like. The album notes, I think, compared it to Painted Love by Soft Cell, which was like a big song at the time. And I oh, kind of yeah. guess that, but they're, 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 they're different. 
also because that, that one's a little more dark and this is more bright and cheery. And it's it's fun. Like, there really isn't a lot to it, really. I mean, it's kind of, it, it is, it's funny it, when you, like, listen to it, but there isn't a lot about that sticks in your head. It's just a really fun, cheery beat. And it, that sticks in my head, but nothing beyond that really does. Okay. Well, that was quick. Uh, okay. Then we get to track number five, Moonbeam Levels, which was released in 2016 on the Forever compilation, but I think this version has actually been remastered, whereas the other version was kind of rushed out for release and wasn't remastered, if I remember correctly. And Moonbeam Levels is one of those songs that in hardcore circles has attained almost a mythical status to it as quote-unquote the best unreleased song that Prince has ever done. And when I finally heard it around 2010 or so, 2009, I was really, really underwhelmed because the hype for it was so huge that I was anticipating this you know, this world-changing, revelatory song. And it, it, it's, it's a good song, but it's by no means the best song that's come out of the vault or that we know is in the vault. But it's a good song, and I've, I've come to really appreciate it ever ever since it was released on, on uh, the Forever compilation. I kind of skip over it on this compilation, but it's a good song. I need to go back to it and revisit it. You know, it has interesting themes that fit in with the 1999 album as a whole, with the whole idea of, you know, the end of the world and end times and and looking for love and true loneliness and looking for freedom, you know. So it fits thematically on the 1999 album. And, and it's been speculated for years that it was intended for the 1999 album at one point and that it was eventually replaced by the song Free but we don't know that for sure but that is the speculation that's out there and it's a really it's a really pleasant sort of laid back sort of dreamy song um, and I like it it's sort of sad in retrospect you know after Prince's death you know he's singing about I'm looking for a better place to die, which is sort of a bittersweet line uh, considering how things played out, but um, the song as a whole is a pleasant song um, and it fits here on this compilation from a from a completist standpoint, so I'm glad it's on here and, and yeah, I'd like to pull it out and listen to it from time to time. It's not a song I listen to a lot but when I do listen to it, I get quite a bit out of it. So, Dreamy, what do you think of Moonbeam Levels? Oh, my God. Ugh, this is... Love this one so much. Uh, more do... Uh, no, I'm thinking about the first lines. Like, yesterday I tried to write a novel, but I didn't know where to begin. I don't know where to start with this one. Um, and this was on my second set of bootlegs that I got. Like, one of them, the first one, I think, was more 12-inch extended mixes. This one, the second one, had outtakes from Purple Rain 1999, and 
I think I've heard rumblings about this particular song being like like well loved and stuff like like a very well known bootleg. And from the first listen it's like something about it just clicked and I've picked it up a few times since then. And then I like ages ago, like I I burned a another a version of Purple Rain that had a lot of extended versions of songs on I put this one on here because I always kind of I felt like it was setting for you know the, the scene after like he trashes the basement and he's kind of in like a, a dark low place and I, I don't know I felt like putting it there because it kind of summed that up and then yeah it really hit me a couple of days ago when I when I played it because like like I had this weird feeling I saw on the track listing on disc four because I like on disc four like all the song iTunes picked up all the song titles so I was going through and I'm thinking I have a weird feeling I'm going to get to this song I'm not going to be able to listen to anything afterwards and I pretty much nailed it and I and I had this huge flashback I'm not sure if it was April twenty second twenty sixteen or like a couple of days after that. But I, it was like one of those moments early on where it's like, I need to listen to friends. I need to like hear his voice or something. And I put this song on and it was maybe one of the first songs I played afterwards. Like I had Diamonds and Pearls in my card on the 21st. So I had to finish that. But like the feelings were still very raw and stuff at the time. And then I heard that, heard this again. It's like, this kind of sums every, everything up that happened. And then I just flashed back to them. It's like, yeah, it was, I couldn't listen to any, anything. Like, so I turned my stereo off in my car after that. There's just like something so personal uh, and vulnerable about this song that I always responded to it, like every single part of it. But it was like a freaky vibe, just turning it on. And then I hear the first line, and it's like, oh, shoot, here it comes. Like, like I knew I was going to be in for a ride. And uh, the the part towards the end where he starts about never keeping diaries and it's like I for perfect love until it's perfect love he makes like stuff like that just like it, it like now like it really hits you in the gut just like taking everything and putting everything in perspective and it's nice to finally have like a, a clean officially released version I think the other one was just taken off of cassette like from the, the actual bootleg for the forever compilation which I like I don't need I, I don't need to buy that because I have every song and then and I had a feeling like maybe I'll a better version will come out at a later point I've kind of nailed that and, then, and this was on my top friend songs I think this was 32 or 33 so it was definitely like in my top 50 for sure just because I responded to it on the, like that same personal level and you, you feel a bit closer to him than on a lot of the other songs they're not like it has an extra personal feeling to it yeah I mean I could definitely I could definitely empathize with that because like I said when I first heard it on the Forever compilation I sort of connected to it in a bittersweet way 
like you were saying, with the emotionality of it, and you know, after Prince's passing, it was pretty, pretty much a raw emotional time anyway. And then you have a, a song like that, just very raw and emotional and personal. Yeah, it definitely resonates with you in a in a certain particular way. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate the song a lot more now than I did in the past. And like I say, I'm glad it's on this compilation. Then we move on to another little rockabilly ditty that was originally written and meant for Vanity Six. And this is No Call You. Uh, Dreamy Pop, what do you think of No Call You? Yeah, I think this was, this was another bootleg I had, but I only heard it a couple of times. Not because I didn't like it, but maybe because I liked other ones more, but we kind of needed something cheery to like bring up the tempo or whatever on the set after the last song. But yeah, this this was like, oh, I like I remember this one. I haven't heard this in like a long time. Like that's the first time thing I thought when I I heard it was just like tongue in cheek, very funny. And he's like saying how it's like like he wants to call, but his ego says like you need to get your butt on the phone and call me. So. <laughs> And, and maybe it goes maybe a tiny bit long also. I mean, it's not that long. It's only like four minutes and 30 seconds, but still. it It's it's really fun, but it does meander a bit towards the end. And I don't think I have much more to add. That's, it's it's yeah, a fun, I mean, fun study. <laughs> me either. I mean, it's, it's a pleasant little rockabilly track, and it's it's upbeat and it's it's fun to listen to. It's pleasant enough, but it isn't really a highlight for me on the disc. Um, but again, I'm glad it's here. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely not complaining. Like I said before, this is the strongest set that the estate has put out to date. So if we could have more like this, I would be eternally grateful. But yeah, it's a it's a good little song, and there's really not much to it, not much more to it. But uh, yeah, and then we move on to another demo version of a song that was eventually officially released on Graffiti Bridge, and I think I like the Graffiti Bridge version a little more because it's a little bit faster and a little bit brighter, and Prince's vocal is a little bit different this might come down to a technical issue of tape speed because i'm not sure that it's playing at the right speed um and i'm talking about the original demo not the graffiti bridge version but prince's voice just seems a little lower and it seems the tempo of this version seems a little more sluggish but I like I like having the demo version. I like the demo version a lot. But of course I'm talking about can't stop this feeling I got. And then of course in the release version you have the the uh reference in the middle to the song Rearrange where he says maybe we all got to rearrange our brains. So I think this is an example of a demo version that Prince was working out and pulled back out in later years 
and actually improved upon with the final release version. But I like I like having the demo version here, but the, the graffiti bridge version, in my mind, is definitely superior. So, Dreamy Pop, what do you think of Can't Stop This Feeling I Got from 1982? Yeah, I don't want to sound like a blanket or anything. Like, I, I'm, like even on Graffiti Bridge, I never, something about this song I never really got. I mean, it's supposed to be like this big, oh, big, huge opener and to really start off the album, but I, I don't know. Maybe I just, like, always thought it sounded like Footloose, and it's like, he totally ripped off Footloose with this song. Like, something about it just sounded very similar, and then I got actually an 82 song, so it's like, okay, so, no, he didn't rip off Footloose. But, but yeah, with this version, like, yeah, I can definitely understand what we were talking about. It's like, it does sound like it is a little bit slower, and I'm like, I don't know what happened with the production or whatever when they were, like, mixing and mastering it. Like some something is slightly different. Like you don't hear his voice all that well. But what I found interesting was I think the other version's a little more spiritually based, and this one's a little more like carnal, a little more sexually charged. And I found yep. that kind of an interesting contrast. But yep. like with this, it's it's clearly a demo because it's not fully like realized yet, and it's like I don't know. It, it's kind of short too it's like not even three minutes long but I, I don't know I felt kind of underwhelmed about it but at the same time it's kind of nice to have it just for the sake of having it just because it was fully released later on just seeing the progression and how how much it changed and of like definitely the the drums like the way the drums sound they like it's like that's the same between both versions, the other versions, just a little more composed, a little bit cleaner, I guess. Yep. Yep. And then next we have uh, Do Yourself a Favor, which started off as a song on Peppy Willie's, for Peppy Willie's group, 94 East, and they released it as Do You See Me? But Prince released his own version under a different title, Do Yourself a Favor. And this is a bright, poppy song that I really get into when I listen to it. Um, I really don't think about it that much. And then when I revisit it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really, really like this song. And, and Prince's version is is really, really good. I mean, and I guess there's a Jesse Johnson version out there too, uh, which I've heard that the Prince version is closer to the Jesse Johnson version than the 94 East version, but I've got to seek both those versions out. I definitely love the Prince version. Uh, it's a little long, uh, nine, minute, nine minutes and one second, but uh, so it'll be interesting to hear what Jimmy Pop says about that if it if it meanders a little too much or it gets a little too long towards the end, but I like the song. It's a really pleasant song, and it's one of those songs that, like I say, I don't really actively think about it too often, but whenever I do hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like this song. So it's 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 one of those songs that I think Prince really does justice and does his own thing with, and 
puts his own spin on it. I'm glad we have this version released on the compilation. So, Dreamy Pop, what do you think of Do Yourself a Favor? Uh, I'm, uh, Echo, first of all, it's like this is another highlight of the album. It's just, I think yeah, it was I a, a long time since I'd heard heard it last. Like, it was one of, one of my first bootlegs, and it was like, it was very bright and cheery, and it, I don't know, something about it was like, this doesn't sound like something Prince would do, but I'm, I'm really happy that he did it. First of all, and then what's like it being like nine minutes? Like, yeah, it does run long, but like ninety percent of the time, I really don't mind it because it it does enough to keep me interested, and I I really like like so much about it. Like, it's, it's an interesting story. I like the whole sound of it, and it does, it does he he does that um that weird Jamie Starr James Brown impression like towards the end. It's, it kind of changes a little bit, but but yeah, I'm, I'm in it for pretty much the long haul, and it's interesting. Like he's very like 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 you you keep walking, leave me alone, and then at the end, as it's fading out, it almost sounds like he's changing his mind. Like wait, come back. But, <coughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. This is a definitely a, a fun one and a highlight for sure. Yeah, definitely. I love how bright and cheery it is. I need to go back and listen to it a few more times because it's one of those songs that I really, really do like. And yeah, it's definitely a highlight of the collection. So, And then we get to a track that was actually released as a pre-album single in a way you count if you count the fact that it was on Prince's YouTube channel. Uh, they released it before the album, so it's technically a, a pre-release single, but this is Don't Let Them Fool You. And to me, it has a very, very 80s vibe to it. Prince is singing in his falsetto, which I like. I don't really know much about the song because I've only heard it maybe three times total. But I, I like it. It's interesting to have on here. Um, again, I heard a, a kind of a muddled, you know, muffled bootleg version of it years ago where I could barely make out Prince's vocals, so it's nice to hear, have it here in this clear quality. Not really a standout for me. Uh, four and a half minutes long. Um... Yeah, I don't really have much to say about this track or the next one, really. But, uh, Dreamy, what do you think of Don't Let Them Fool You? Yeah, the next two songs are probably going to be short discussions in, in general. Um, I, I like the vibe of it. It's, it's a good groove, but at the same time, it, like it does maybe get a little repetitive and... And to, the more I think about it, I feel that it was one of those songs where he had something in his head and he had to get it all out. But and he, some of the like, we have like the verses and then there's like bits in between where he's just like like ad libbing or whatever, and it sounds like he those were just placeholders for like whatever he thought of more lyrics to go with it, but. And it makes me think about songs like "Dance for Me" from. MPLS sound 
and for some reason, I I have one part of it makes me think about uh, one plus one plus one is three from the Rainbow Children. I don't know how that even got in there, but a little bit in the song that makes me make that connection. Just the sound of the music. Yeah. I'll have to look out for that. I'll have to... Some of these tracks I'll have to revisit a little more often because I don't... I don't remember much about them. Not that they're forgettable, but they're just not as memorable as some of the others like Possessed and Moonbeam Levels, Purple Music, and songs like that. But they're... They're good and definitely valuable additions to a set like this. Uh, and then we have Teacher Teacher, uh, which I didn't even know existed as far back as 1983. I thought it was a 1986 song that heavily featured Wendy and Lisa. Of course, that version has been circulating on bootleg for years. I like that version. It's pleasant enough. It's kind of singy-songy, kind of cheesy. Um, yeah, kind of middle of the road pop song for me. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about it. Dreamy Pop, what do you think of Teacher Teacher? Yeah, this is another one where it's yeah, I don't have have much to add. Like I like after I listen to it, I don't. It kind of leaves my mind a little bit. The guitar makes me think about the Dirty Mind era with when when you were mine, like. Like just the sound of it. It's like a, it's a nice sound. It's very cheery and happy. It's like almost like an play in the sunshine type of way. But when you listen to the lyrics, it's almost kind of sad. So it's a, there's that contrast going on. But yeah, it's one of those songs. Like like I kind of struggle to like like what what about the song really stands out other than like a couple of like little things. And then some, some. I think there's one time I listened to this, like I, and I really, really liked it. But it's kind of gotten back to the point where it's like, yeah, it, it meanders a little bit, and it's not full, a fully formed idea. And that's pretty much all I gotta say. <laughs> not much else that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean that that totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, I agree. The dirty mind sound is nice on the guitar. The the contrast of the upbeat music and sad lyrics is nice, but other than that, there really isn't much to talk about. So that's track number 10, Teacher, Teacher. And then we close out disc four and the vault tracks with an interesting tour medley that Prince did on his own, recorded to a cassette, and gave to the band members as a guideline of how he wanted the songs to sound live on the 1999 tour. And it's a medley of Lady Cab Driver, I Want to Be Your Lover, just a little bit of the song Head, and then into Little Red Corvette. And we have we have a little bit of Prince vocals on I Want to Be Your Lover, but then the majority of it is instrumental, but... Uh, yeah, it's a seven-minute medley, uh, again, just to illustrate how Prince wanted the song to sound live on tour, and it's a 
it's a rarity to hear stuff like this. And just for that alone, I think it's a really valuable addition to the set, a really good way to close out the vault tracks, and just really interesting to hear Prince in his live element, you know, playing these songs, you know, that are segueing together, kind of weaving in and out of each other. And it's a very interesting very interesting listen so I really really enjoy it and I think I wish, my only my only complaint was I wish there was more vocals on top of the other instrumental portions but the vocals we do get are really good but I wish there were more vocals overall uh, Dream Pop what do you think of the tour medley well, the argument can be made by some people that it's like, why is this here? Why don't we have like something else, like like having like an, another song? But considering that we have some live material on here and the nest discs and all that concerts, kind of a, a nice little segue. And just the last couple of times listening to it, it's like I like I haven't actually gotten to any of the live stuff yet, but it made me really want to like just take out the disc and put on my iPod and listen to it, but I kind of wanted to have all these other songs fresh in my head just so I'd have something to say. Yeah, but you guys are like running through it. Like I've, I think the last time I listened, it was the first time I even heard what Lady Cab Driver. Like I know it's part of it, but it didn't, maybe I'm not as familiar with that song. I like listen to it when I'm going through the actual album. But there's that's nothing really clicks until like the last time like the baseline that he was doing like that's so clearly that you can't drive like okay there it is and then before you know it, it goes into the next song and want be your lover we it's kind of kind of nice to like have have it there and it's like you sing along to it and it's like it's just like being with an old friend that type of thing and then we have had for a few seconds and then it's mostly lower on Corvette. And then the production is like very close to the long dance mix, mix that was later released. Like I'm, yep, I'm, yep. Kind of, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite. I kind of, I kind of actually like that. There's he doesn't sing on on this so much because I can hear the instruments and how they go together. And it almost made me wish like I could just like have a bunch of like live versions of just him playing the music. For all these songs, but yeah, just vibing off a of Lowrider Corvette. Like it's a great song in general, and it's nice to have in, in another slightly different version with like no vocals, and then like all the instruments coming in as they do. And it's also like the like just hearing the progression, like 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 you you count a few measures, and then we get to the chorus, and then the second verse, like you hear a little bit of guitar come in and then some of the synths come in for the second part of that verse. Believe it or not, and and so on and so forth. Yep. And then it's kind of, like it does, like towards the end, like he's trying to figure out how to end it and then he does eventually get there. But yeah, for some reason it feels like it's nine or ten minutes when it's really seven, but it's like, it's like seven minutes of bliss. Like I, like I, I can't get enough of it. And then one, 
when it ends and essentially the whole the whole desk ends, it's like this huge exhale. It's like, and then it's like, oh, I want more. So yeah, yeah. Then I was in my car listening. It's like I need to to keep listening to music I put on Baby Your Trip from the originals. And then I kind of like went through some other music like after that, just just randomly like no, I'll just I'll just go through all the songs I have alphabetically and just like let things happen from there. And I was kind of doing it the last couple of days, and it was kind of a fun little experiment because print songs were like sneaking in there, and then some of them I forgot were on there. Like I it's like I was like I know like the beautiful ones is going to be somewhere in here and then I get to the Val of Dorothy Parker it's like oh no I forgot this one was on here it's like how soon we forget I was just listening to sign the times like the other week <laughs> so, so that was kind of a, a fun little thing like and I think even a Wendy and Lisa song got kind of like thrown in there as well it's like like you can't you can't put in like something between the Val of Dorothy Parker and Bambi with the Undertaker version it's like uh, one of their songs from White Flags for White Chevys or whatever album that was, like that got in there. Yep. Like, yeah, they they squeezed that one squeezed in there, so it was kind of fun, not knowing what was coming next. So, but we're getting off track. We're we're pretty much wrapping this this up, or we we made it. Yep, yep, we made it through the wall tracks for 1999. So that's another episode of the Purple Nights Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at PK Podcast. Check our Facebook page at facebook.com slash PK Podcast. You can follow Dreamy Pop on Twitter at Dreamy Pop Lover. And that's it for now. We'll be back again with Purple Nights Podcast in the near future. I'm hoping to have Princess Fred from YouTube on, and also from YouTube, the Purple Politicians representing New York. So I'm hoping to have those guys on in the near future. But until then, we'll see you later. This is Chris Johnson, and we are out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.